to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. This week's episode, a short overview of the Wiccan holidays and a few goodies along the way. Hey, Sylvia, how is your week? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, everybody, that was not my line. That's okay. My week has not been the best. I've my uh, depressive ep- bleh, my depressive episodes. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. We'll redo that. <laughs> okay we're gonna redo most of that anyway go ahead um my last week was not the greatest my depressive symptoms reared their ugly head this week i actually called in to work one day so it was pretty bad i will be calling my my doctor and seeing if i can't adjust my meds somewhat or take completely new meds i'm not sure Good for you for reaching out for help. That's really important. Yeah. Thank you. Get your support. Yeah. Otherwise, I've been playing lots of games with my brother and his boyfriend. I got a new game on my Switch. It's a taiko drumming game. It's very fun. Oh. Yes. Okay. How was your week? My week was actually pretty steady. Okay. One really great thing happened, and I mentioned in one of the podcasts, maybe the last one, I believe, where my one friend is terminally ill, and I had Mm. not gotten any real information. I was left in the dark about a lot of things, and I didn't know if I was even going to get to see her again. Mm -hmm. But this past week, I did get to see her. Oh, yes. Yeah, considering what's going on for her, she actually looked really good. Hopefully I'll get to see her yet again. I think every time you go away, you always hope that you're going to see them again. Yeah. I also am excited because we've been doing giveaways on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I did one this week. It was the Elder Tree reading that you have come up with. Yep. It's a three-card reading, and it's one of my favorites. I love using it. This particular time, I used it as a three-card reading for past life which Mm. I wasn't sure I could do. I've never done before, but I did it. That's wonderful. She did seem to like it. Excellent. The other thing that always goes on, as I repeat every week or every time that that we post a show, is that this is my life right here. This is it, guys. Mm -hmm. I live and breathe for this show. (laughs) She loves it. Do you have a favorite holiday? Which one or ones do you like the most? I have given this some thought. Mm-hmm. I would say there are so many that I do love. I was trying to whittle this down as I thought about this question a little bit. I came to the most obvious, which is Samhain. Mm-hmm. It has been something that's always been very much with my heart all of my life. It's when the veil is the thinnest and the fairies come through in a different way little Mm -hmm. darker but also that the souls from the past are from the past year that have passed away are 
you get an opportunity again to say your goodbyes. There's more to it, but that I think really draws me. The other one is on the exact opposite of the wheel, which is Beltane. Mm-hmm. And I love that one just because, again, the fairies are very present. There's exuberance, joy, and playfulness. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Those would be the ones I would go most with is Beltane and Samhain. How about you? For me, I think it's just Samhain. I mean, not just Samhain. As far as the wheel goes, just Samhain. No, uh, no, no. You meant just Samhain. <laughs> just Samhain. That's all. Just Samhain. Just it. Nope, that's it. <laughs> no, off of the wheel, the contemporary counterpart of Samhain, Halloween, is also my favorite. Those two are both pretty high up on my favorites list. Samhain, because it is a time of remembrance of being with your past and being with those who have gone before you and honoring them. As far as Halloween goes, I love the fact that you can dress up and be someone else for a little while and nobody looks at you any differently. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Mm -hmm. I I don't know who doesn't love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on and begin our show with the traditional god and or goddess that Sylvia has been so kind as to research and choose for us today. All right. Today is Freya. She is the Nordic goddess of fertility, sex, cats, magic, writing, death, war, love, the moon, and the sea. Quite a repertoire. Yes. She is described as the most beautiful goddess because, of course, with a cloak of falcon feathers, a necklace of gold, and a chariot pulled by two cats. She was the leader of the Valkyrie and gets half the dead from the battlefield. They go to her great hall in, I believe it was Plains Fields. I can't remember the name of her hall, though. Hmm. But the other half go to Odin, which in the halls of uh, Valhalla. Oh, that's right. The halls of Valhalla. Yeah. Her lineage is she's the daughter of Njordr and his sister, along with her twin brother, Freyr who is also a god of fertility. They're kind of like two halves of the same coin. Yeah. She is the wife of Odor. Possibly he's Odin due to some similarities between the two. Things are a little fuzzy. Some interpretations are different. Da 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 da. That's just kind of the way it goes with older uh, myths and stories and stuff like that. Yeah, as they get passed down, they shift just a little bit, just like mm-hmm. the old uh, phone tree thing. Yep, the old phone game. Has two daughters, Hnos and Grisemi. The story we have today is actually one that was written after the Christians came into the land. It was written by, I believe, Christian missionaries. It's the only full story I could get. Okay. One day, Freya passed by a cave in which four dwarves were working. They were almost finished with the most beautiful gold necklace that Freya had ever seen. Freya offered the dwarves gold and silver, pretty much whatever they wanted. The dwarves refused, saying that they had all the wealth they could need. The dwarves, however, made a counter offer. If... Freya would spend one night each with the four dwarves. She could have the necklace. 
She did indeed spend a night with each one, and so became the keeper of the necklace. It could possibly be the famous gold necklace, Brisingamen, that she always wears. It's not absolutely clear as to whether or not that's it. Okay. Now, Loki, being Loki, finds out and decides to cause mischief, so he tells Odin that this has transpired. Odin is not very happy. Odin tells Loki to take the gold necklace from Freya. It takes some serious shape-shifting on Loki's part to actually get into her bedroom because it was one of the legends was is that her bower was impenetrable by anyone, including Odin. Oh. But Loki, by some clever tricksy shape-shifting, turned into a fly and found a very, very small hole that he could go into. Coming into the bedroom, he saw that she was laying on the bed and he couldn't get to the clasp of the necklace. Mm -hmm. He turned into a flea, bit her cheek. She slapped her cheek and turned over. He could get to the clasp. And at that point, he took the necklace very quickly and went out the door. Very soon after, Freya woke up, realized what had happened. She immediately went to Odin and asked for her necklace back. There's a few conflicting endings. I like the one where Odin tells Freya that she must wear the necklace for forever. Yeah. Which would then lead to the idea that Brisingham, is that what you said? Brisingamen. Brisingamen. That would lead to the idea that that would indeed be that necklace. Yes. Exactly. Back on the stories about Odor being Freya's husband, I can't remember what it is that happened. He ends up being gone much of the time. And she cries tears of red gold for her far-ranging husband. Many Scandinavian plants were named after her, but were later renamed after Mary from the Christian beliefs after the Christians came into the land. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Freya actually means lady or mistress, and she went by many names while searching for her husband, including Geffen, Horn, Mardol, Valfreya, and Vanadis. Friday gets its name from Freya. Her symbols are falcon feathers, cats, seawater, gold, poems, and gold necklaces. And if I go along with everything that I have ever read about her, she has also been known to be very seductive, mm-hmm. sometimes titled as a seductress. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for that. No problem. Freya is my favorite goddess, my matron goddess. Mm -hmm. I was very excited to hear that. Cool. We have some exciting news. Speaking of excitement, we have decided to add superstitions and wives tales to our podcasts. If you have any that you're curious about, why not let us know? And we'll see about looking into them, possibly airing them. This is our first one that seemed appropriate to the season. It covers the black cat. We think of a black cat, and I would say that most of the times we think of the negative superstitions. I thought I'd look into that first. It actually goes as far back as the Dark Ages with a folklore. I don't know where the folklore came from. There was very little information. It was this small little story that a father and a son had been seen throwing stones at a black cat, which the black cat then subsequently ran into an old woman's home. 
The next day, the old woman was seen emerging from the home and was limping and bruised. This is apparently after having shapeshifted back into a human from being that black cat. Thus, the old woman was deemed a witch and the black cat association occurred. Mm-hmm. I can't help but keep thinking that an older lady, she's got arthritis and stuff in her legs and yeah. maybe she fell, but... But just being single, old, and yeah. not probably going to go out much because probably, like you said, arthritis or whatever, people see it as a hermit, then this mysterious and mm-hmm. frightening and yeah, it was, I don't know, not a lot of logic there. No. Then we move to the Middle Ages, about the 1500s. Witches were be- seen as being able to shapeshift into black cats, and then they would spy on people. This carried over to the States and eventually became part of the Salem Witch Trials, in which every black cat owned by a witch, being considered their familiar, the black cat being considered their familiar, was killed along with the witch that was persecuted. Mm, that's that's sad, just in the whole business of it. Just as a side note, familiars are believed to be supernatural entities that assist witches in their practice of magic, and that's from Wikipedia. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Crows, ravens, and black cats were all seen as similar for, because of their dark color. They were all equated with the idea of death. Black cats walking across your path or walking away from you was considered bad luck. However, this could be undone if you walked in a circle, then walked backward over the place where it crossed your path, then counted to 13. Hmm. This makes no sense to me, but neither does (laughs) the whole black cat crossing your path make a lot of sense and bad luck. Yeah, right? Oh, well. Spotting a black cat at a funeral meant that another family member was sure to die. Black cats walking off and on of a ship meant that the next voyage would be doomed. Mm. In the 1600s, Italy believed if a black cat laid on the bed of a sick person or were in the same room, they were sure to die. Fear arose in Europe in the Middle Ages when their large numbers caused them to be pests. The black cat's nocturnal nature, agility, and glowing eyes brought the idea of them as being considered mysterious and evil. Them being deemed evil and associated with witches, a mass effort was made to eradicate them. Partly due to the bad luck associated with the black cat, a mass killing of these cats occurred leaving an imbalance of rodents versus cats, which potentially helped the spread of the Black Plague. Now that's some real bad luck. Right, exactly. On to the good luck. Dreaming of a black cat or having one walk toward you meant you'll have good luck. Having a black cat in the audience on opening night was deemed to be good luck. Okay. I had to sit there and visualize that. A black (laughs) cat on the first night of a show. I'm thinking had to obviously have been brought in there. Mm -hmm. Because people would know this and want them to be there. And I'm just thinking this black cat is going, what the hell is going on here? Somebody trucking the black cat in there. (laughs) Right. now, And I wonder if they bring it in on purpose, then I, I would think that maybe that isn't good luck. Maybe... It has to just sort of arrive by itself, which how random would that be? Yeah. 
Around World War II, there was a belief that black cats were known for being able to ward off evil spirits. Therefore, they became a large part of Halloween and Halloween decorations. Now, that's cool because I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't really realize that either, but they ward off evil spirits in the good luck section. A single white hair found on a black cat was a good omen. I was curious as to whether or not three white hairs were any good because I had a black cat that had three. So does that mean I get really good omens? <laughs> More than one? In Appalachian folklore, it says that a person having a sty on their eye could rub the tail of a black cat on their eye in order to get rid of it. Again, I'm imagining this as I'm writing this down, seeing somebody grab a black cat's tail and rub it against their eye. I'm not thinking the black cat is going to be super cooperative on this, so maybe it's just <laughs> luck that they don't get scratched to death. Mm -hmm. Anyway, in the UK and Asia, black cats were considered to be good luck. In Japan, spotting a black cat meant luck in love. In Europe, if sailors and their wives owned a black cat, it was sure to ensure the sailor's return. A black cat on board a ship brought a safe journey. In Scotland, a black cat appearing before the front door meant prosperity was coming. In France, seeing a black cat meant something magical would happen. And in this context, the magic was seen as being good. It would be easy to wonder about that. Mm -hmm. In this case, it was good magic. Now, Tatiana has picked out a holiday poem perfect for this season. Surprise, surprise. It's called Halloween by Joel Benton. Okay. Pixie, Cobalt, Elf, and Sprite, all are on their rounds tonight. In the wan moon's silver ray thrives their helter-skelter play. Fond of cellar, barn, or stack, true unto the almanac, they present to credulous eyes strange hobgoblin mysteries. Cabbage stumps, straws wet with dew, apple skins and chestnuts too, and a mirror for some lass show what wonders come to pass. Doors they move and gates they hide, mischiefs that on moonbeams ride. Are their deeds, and by their spells, love records its oracles. Don't we all of long ago, by ruddy fireplace glow in the kitchen and the hall, those queer, cool-like pranks recall? Every shadows were they then, but tonight they come again. Were we once more but 16, precious would be Halloween. That's lovely. It's very cute. Let's move on to the overview of holidays and talk about all eight of the dates and the general meanings. Sylvia did some wonderful research for us. Some of it we already knew, but just wanted to get a little more in there. We thought we'd cover these for now in short version, and we will be covering them more in the future, more in depth. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind the dates for these sabbats are for the Northern Hemisphere. The Southern Hemisphere is actually opposite because their climate is opposite to ours. When we have Samhain, they have Beltane. Just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Samhain is usually October 31st. This is the end and the beginning of the witch's year. It's a time to remember those who have passed. The veil is thin on this day. Yule, between December 20th and 22nd. The shortest day of the year, a celebration of the growing light. 
hopefully a time of rest and thought of the old year and promise of the new. In bulk, January 31st through February 2nd, celebrates life returning to the land, Harold's spring. In bulk means in the belly, referring to lambs waiting to be born. Beginning of the lambing season honors the goddess breed. I have to say, I did not know that, and I know the holidays pretty well. I did not know that. <laughs> Ostara is around March 21st. It's the spring equinox. Night and day are equal. A time of planting seeds, both literal and figurative. Beltane is usually May 1st. This is mid-year for witches, a celebration of life, love. The veil is thin on this day, and fairies come out to play. Midsummer, the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. The celebration is an acknowledgement that summer isn't going to last. It's a great time to collect herbs and plants. And that's around June 21st. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Lunasa, usually August 1st, named after the Irish Celtic god Lu, also known as Lamas, the celebration of the first harvest of the year. Maybon is around September 22nd. The autumn equinox, night and day, are again equal. This is the celebration at the height of the harvest and the witch's thanksgiving. Espots are usually every full moon. And it's possible to do S-spots at new moon. That's not as usual. For information on the moons, please listen to episode number five for the associations. Now it's time for Tarot with Tatiana. Okay. Today is the Four of Wands from the Dark Woods deck. I mentioned the deck I pulled from because her interpretation is very different from most. As I do these intuitively from pictures, this one is completely different from pretty much all others I've worked with that are the same card. That said, here is what I got out of this one. The picture depicts a troll under a bridge with a fire burning and smoke rising. There is a river rushing by, his hand is dipped in the river, and spooky eyes are watching from inside a nearby tree. The bridge is built and lit with four wands, and there are dark woods on either side of the bridge. Darkness is potentially hidden in the unknown of what lies ahead. What dangers could be waiting along the way to the other side? What must you face in order to continue on your path? Are you the troll under the bridge hiding from transformation, or are you lingering because fear is holding you back? Could you be waiting in difficult emotions and not going with the flow? Your choices affect more than yourself. Eyes are upon you. However, there are imaginative energies at work and ready to light the way. Let your strength of will lead you to crossing into the unknown. Don't let your emotions pull you away from your goals. In terms of our podcast, I perceived it in this manner. Change is inevitable, like the wheel of the year and we must learn to go with the flow and our intuitions. Opportunity waits for no one. Those who are creative in their thinking and are willing to tap into their passions can uncover their full potential. Holding back and missing openings may cause you to become bitter. Instead, move onward, celebrate your courage, and others will celebrate with you. Now please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. Note, we have our references posted on the written version of our episode today. 
I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered Powered by by Magic. Magic.